Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Progeny Podcast. This week I am joined by Brother Zuhair Husseini. In today's podcast, we will be speaking about the recitation of the Quran and the importance of the Quran in our communities. How we can benefit from the many lessons and blessings of the Holy Quran. We will also discuss Zuhair's architectural project on the rebuilding of Jannatul Baqiyah. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Zuhair. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you for joining us on um, this special episode of um, Progeny. We, I call it special because you've come all the way from New York. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, firstly, I'd want to start by um, uh, introducing you because a lot of people might um, not know you. Uh, you're a Quran reciter. Uh, you're involved in a lot of the community programs. Uh, of course, as well as a du'a uh, reciter and ziyarat reciter, of course, we cannot forget that as followers of the Ahlul Bayt. I'll start by asking you, what does the Qur'an mean to you? The Qur'an is a manual for how I am intended to live my life, hmm. by how God um, has ordained it. And um, it's not just something I recite you know, in the community, but on my own time, it's something that I wish to um, use as a guide to how I should conduct my life and how the Prophet and Ayyam want me to live my life to the best of degrees by how God um, has ordained it. Um, when did you start the reciting the Qur'an and did you actually take lessons for, for Tajweed and Tartil and the, the way of recitation? So I was age approximately 11, 12 when I recited, uh, started reciting. Uh, I was learning just from a local scholar in the community. Is this in New York? Or? Yes, in New York. <coughs> but uh, it was just basic recitation and of how to recite the Quran. And um, I recited at a funeral once and I realized there's potential to recite. And um, I had an Egyptian mentor, which I would see every few months and... The one, two hours I had with him, we'd go over recitation and he'd go over um, how to recite. And it wasn't uh, until um, I went to the Quran competition in Iran in 2013 when I developed, um, I had the opportunity to meet teachers. And I'd stay in, uh, in touch with them back and forth and they'd help me. But other than that, it was I didn't have a proper um, teacher. I could always go back to one-on-one. With recitation of the Quran, generally I feel um, the the pronunciation of letters is very difficult for those not being brought up in an Arab household. Um, that's the most important thing at the at the start. Obviously, there's other other skills that you need to have, but with regards to that general recitation, is that's why I, I most the I don't know the the world renowned reciters you'll find are. Are Egyptians, uh, of course. There's other other reciters. Right. We'll have recite. You'll have really good reciters, probably from the subcontinent. Other reciters from Indonesia or other right. these countries. But generally, or even Iran, generally, it's the um, it's the ones that have been brought up in a, in, a, in an Arab environment. That so, how difficult or how easy was it with 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 the pronunciation of letters? Uh, I'm guessing you were brought up in New York as well. Yes. So you you you're, you're speaking mostly English. Yeah. Um, so the Arabic is is not something that you were brought up. Not the environment that you had around you. How difficult or easy was that? So um, 
I think the best thing about it is that you begin at an early age. I myself, my mother tongue is in Arabic, it's Farsi. Mm-hmm. And um, I spend much time listening and listening to see how each letter is recited. And it took a long time to perfect some things which I thought I had perfected. But it wasn't until someone told me this is how it should be done. And I think the best thing I had was because I started at a young age, my tongue and my mind understood how each letter should be recited and I copied that. Mm -hmm. So the best way to... um, be able to pronounce the Quran based off the Arabic and at its pure accent or dialect is listening and starting at a young age and listening to the right reciters. I always recommend the Egyptian ones because especially Khalil Husari because these people, these are the dawn reciters, the best of the best and no matter how many Mm -hmm. decades go by, they're always the uh, default to go Mm -hmm. by. Mm My favorite is um, when it comes to, the, I mean, obviously you mentioned a lot of um, the Egyptians uh, are, are the famous ones, the Dons. Uh, Manshawi obviously is, is yes. one that stands out with when it comes to recitation. It's very, it's very calming. But I wanted to ask you, you know, there's not a lot of people in our communities. I mean, obviously we, we both live in the West. I know you're, you're across the pond, but there's not a lot of, Kids maybe that are 11 or 12 Or even their teenage years 16, 17 So on That say um, I'm going to, I want to become a Quran reciter In our communities <clears throat> Which leads me to my question That is as, as, as communities living in the West As Muslim Shias living in the West Why And I, I specifically say Shia Um why do do we not have this? Whereas maybe, um, maybe other schools, I mean, uh, I, you you know, we have the madrasas here. Uh, usually, every center will have a Saturday or a Sunday, the weekend where the the kids go to madrasa. I'm sure they teach them Quran. I went to madrasa when I was a kid. You know, we were to Quran, akhlaq, but I feel that it wasn't something that other schools of thought give enough attention to the Quran recitation. So to be honest, I'm not sure where things fell apart because the way the reason why I say this because if you look in the east in, in the east the Shia communities in Bahrain Iraq they have many Quran circles and there's a lot of engagement mm-hmm. in the west it's like non-existent and um, you know for for young kids I think the best thing you could do is have competitions mm-hmm. because this develops an appetite for Quran. Um, the first competition I went to, I was only five, and the best thing I did was recite Surah Fatiha, and I even struggled with that. But I look forward to next year, and you know maybe I'll try harder. And for, for for young kids, this develops an appetite and helps you know promote the Quran. But um, I think in general, there's no emphasis placed on Quran in the communities in events. Oftentimes, Quran's a time filler. Let's recite until the audience comes. I was just about to say that. I and was going to say. Sometimes the Quran is there in the schedule. Two two things. The, the mention what you mentioned time, you know, just to fill the time until the, the, the we get the crowd. So let's let's do Quran. Or the second one, which is also which is good. That's a good reason for barakah for blessing. Yeah. But it's, it's still done like we'll do it for the blessing, but no one's really paying attention to it really. Yeah. Or 
or even when the Quran, I mean, I'm talking about my community. And of course, I don't want to generalize. Each, each, each community is different. But the time where you listen to Quran most is at a funeral. That's that's usually it. Yeah, and or fill or fill up the, the the time until people come to the to the main for the main event, the main right. lecture or whatever it is. Yeah, that and Quran is not seen as a potential main event. You know, it, all I mean the, the the best way to I mean everyone has a responsibility <coughs> in this. Um, in the, from the let's say as a as an event, you could tell just by like the flyers that are out there how many people are reciting. There's never barely a Quran reciter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, f- from Haram comes, you know, they have a l- lot of emphasis on poetry. When Shah Ramadan comes, Quran is seen as a, you know, we have to bring the Quran because it's Shah Ramadan and then dies down, or if it's a wedding or it's a funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we just don't take value or we haven't spent enough time to see what this book means to us. And you know, it's easy an excuse for someone to say, "I don't know Arabic." You know, and but it's yeah. an obligation upon every Muslim to do their best. You know, no, there's no expectation where you're gonna understand the grammar and everything, but at least an attempt um, to make this book relevant in our lives. So there's, and then the other thing which I pay attention to a lot is from our from our scholar standpoint, my. My biggest thing is whenever I listen to a speaker, how many verses of the Quran are mentioned in the lecture? Mm. And if you look at all the sermons of Imam Ali alayhi salam, there's Quran, there's, he brings verses, and it's filled with this. And there are some speakers I listen to, and I don't hear a single verse of the Quran, and it's a big disappointment. Meanwhile, others are going verse, 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 and that shows to me this person has spent time with the Quran and can connect every topic back to the Quran because. I think Quran is universal, and you can yeah, do that. Yeah. And so, which is why I say everyone has a responsibility towards this. It goes back to the hadith uh, of Thaqalain. Uh, you know, I've left with you two weighty things, two important things uh, narrated uh, by the Holy Prophet, peace and salutations be upon him and his family. And it's the Quran and the Ahlul Bayt that if you hold on to them, you'll never be astray. And I feel. That uh, sometimes, obviously, again, I don't want to generalize because recently I have been to a few events where Quran is given more importance, where uh, a reciter, a famous reciter, and alhamdulillah, we've got two or three that I can think of in, in London that have, alhamdulillah, I feel uh, bought. Uh, more attention to this this important uh, book, the Quran, by giving it uh, some sort of, let's say, give it love yeah. in the in our events. Uh, I'm sure you know one of them, Sayyid Jalal Ma'asumi. Yes. I'll give him a shout out. He's he's alhamdulillah a qari reciter, also from Afghanistan, yes. um, <clears throat> and he's got a beautiful voice. And I've realized he's now even getting invited to a few centers where he's doing the Quran recitation, the Dua recitation, as well as yourself. And I, I if, I, if I'm not mistaken, Ummah as well. Yes. And they've given uh, a Quran the platform that it deserves, the recitation of the Quran, just like the lecture and the poetry and so on. Uh, we can't, you know, neglect the Quran and make yeah. it, you know, just a time filler or just okay for barakah. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about? Because I've asked a few people about this, and I'm in the middle on this. But I wanted your opinion on on Quran recitation at events by people that 
cannot pronounce or cannot recite or make mistakes in the Quran. Because now there's 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 an issue now. Do you or sometimes having um, younger maybe kids or, or younger youth recite the Quran before the main event, and just so we can, we're encouraged them to be part of the 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 event, we get them to recite recite the Quran. But then the 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 the, the, the I don't want to say the hole we fall in, but the, the what we end up having is someone reciting the Quran wrong. So not, I'm not talking about the pronunciation, for example, maybe he's, you know, that's that's his capability, but you know, the, the fatha becomes a kasra, the, 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 the Yeah, the Arabi mistakes. So, so how how do you feel about that? Do you do you, do you usually encourage you say it's fine, you know, as long as we're having kids reciting Quran or or should we say no, it has to be recited properly? Because Well I put you on the spot there. It, it, it has <laughs> to be recited properly because everything else goes out the window when it's not recited properly. Sense. However, it depends on the event. You know, if it's a big event and you need um, a proper recitation to happen to open the event, I think a professional, someone who knows what they're doing, should recite. However, you have to encourage the youth. Mm-hmm. I remember a time I was reciting on um, the day of Ashura, Surah Al-Fajr. This is maybe eight, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And there must have been at least two mistakes in each ver- in each line, and the scholar ne- next to me was looking at me as if I had <laughs> I had destroyed the Quran. Like it was really bad, and I, I was like, "Oh my god!" And uh, it was embarrassing. This is a long time ago, and but you know, I took that. I was like, "I need to, I need to, I need to master this." And I think you know, I wasn't shunned away. And you, you we have to encourage you, despite the mistakes they make. I mean. Um, and you know if they don't get it this time, next time. If we shun them away, you know this person doesn't know how they, how to recite, and um, uh, we don't give the young the p- platform. Come five years, ten years from now, they won't be coming. They, there's no place for them. So even if they make the mistakes, we find them way. Uh, you know, give them resources to perfect their recitation, or recommend them places to encourage them. Yes, they made the mistake. It's okay. This is how you can improve, and that's. Um, that, 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 that's what I um, How I kind of learned Because there's times I made mistakes And people be, behind me would call out You know, no, this is recite You know, it's okay we make mistakes I mean, Arabic is not my mother tongue yeah. So <clears throat> the world goes on And I think you got to keep trying Yeah Who's your? Who was your inspiration To continue when it came to the recitation of the Quran? Did you have anyone in your family? Or maybe a reciter or a teacher? Who inspired you? My parents, my father especially, always encouraged me. But I think the pinnacle point reached when I was in high school. And I reached the age where you're kind of done with the recitation. It's like uh, recitation is seen as, um, you know, you do it as a young kid. You get, uh, you know, the, the uncles and the elders in the community tell you, oh, mashallah, nice voice, this, that. And then I reached the point where I was like, okay, you know, this Quran just can't be something I keep reciting. You know, I have to develop... Um, a better c- a connection with it And um, I had a Sunday school teacher um, Hassan Rajvali And he was someone that Kept on Was so Told of his, of his experience with the Quran And how he um, It was a book where you have to hold fast uh, Hold on to And he's my inspiration for why I developed uh, appetite beyond recitation And actually applying these verses into my life And taking more from it Not just reciting the community And then putting the 
book on the shelf and that's it so this was one thing and just i had i developed a love for reciting there was times when i'd follow certain egyptian recitals over shah ramadan to get invited all over the islamic world and back then youtube wasn't as prominent and i had to go mm-hmm. through forum and forum just to find a new recitation to listen to mm-hmm. and i'd be up to 3 a.m just to find these recitations because they'd be in the middle east and i was in love with this so I had all these you know, people around me that encouraged me and, and helped out, and that's the thing. If there's no one to encourage you, because in the West, it's much easier to let go. You know, In the East, some, some people recite Quran day and night, and it's their job, literally, in Iran, in Egypt. In the West, you know, especially now, you go work during the day, there's only a few hours left to recite Quran or even practice it. And I think those moments from the early time engraved it in, in me to now keep it, that's something I, sh- I, sh- I will do into the rest of my life. Who's, who's your favorite reciter? If you had to pick all-time favorite Quran reciter, who would be your favorite reciter? Um, can I name more than one? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, Raghab Mustafa Galwash, he's uh, from Egypt. He's one of the first reciters I listened to that was different. Um, everyone listened up to Basid bin Shawi, but this individual the way he recited you could tell from his face from his he was in love with it and it was so new to me i was like it just blew my mind away mm-hmm. um him he, and then lately in the last two years osam uh, al-karbalai the qari of atab al-husseiniyah and i i love re- listening to him he's become i go to karbalai every time i listen to him and i i, I got to meet him last year and he's it, every time I listen to him, I reminds me of Karbala, and that's like the best thing I could ever have. Talking of Karbala and talking of of the actual um, uh, shrine, uh, you, I believe, had the opportunity to recite in the holy shrine. Yes. Uh, how did that feel? You know, to to be able to recite the holy Quran, the shrine of Imam Hussein alayhi uh, salam. Alhamdulillah, was an amazing opportunity. Um, I was very nervous. I am. I always have some level of of nerves kick in whenever I recite anywhere, even within my own community. But reciting in the member in the haram was, um, you know, it, I always think about it and what a great opportunity and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sees me worthy of reciting at such a place, and it. I it's honestly I can't describe it. It was right before a, a majlis for an English lecture, and to begin a, a majlis of Imam Hussein alayhi salam. Uh, with that uh, the recitation of the Quran in the Haram was once in a lifetime opportunity. Alhamdulillah. Have you ever have you ever recited Quran to um, a non-Muslim audience? And did you get any feedback from from the audience after you, after your recitation? Yes. So uh, during Shah Ramadan, most of the time I get invited to um, iftars or from local um, events in, in New York City and. There are times I recite for the Comptroller of New York City, which is a government official, and mm-hmm. it's you know it's always nice to pin drop silence and everyone's listening, and you could tell you know they're really uh, moved by it, and even though it's a five minute recitation because you know there's more important things to do in such events, <laughs> but you know just having the opportunity to you know plant the seed you know for someone to um, look back on it and I know afterwards people reach out to me and they want to know more about it and. They ask, you know, and I show them, hey, this, this is a recitation, this is, this is a Quran, this is things you could refer to, and it's it, it's a different experience. When there's times I recite, there's maybe five percent Muslims in the room, and ninety five is Muslim, and um, 
it's and you could tell there's people from all walks of life listening and it's it's uh, it's a unique blessing that only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is I can thank him for and I myself have done nothing for it. Mashallah. Um what about memorization or are you more more of a, a reciter rather than someone that uh, memorizes the Quran? I'm sure because you've you've you you read a lot, you, there's some surahs or some verses that you've already memorized, but how about generally with, with yeah, memorizing? So there are passages I memorize but from <coughs> a total Memorizing the whole Quran I haven't And to be honest It's a big responsibility Because if you memorize it You have to revise it And you cannot forget it Because it's bad mm-hmm. And I want to You know Memorize you know certain chapters or But my, my excuse has always been I need to first Learn Arabic properly Fusha at least Then to memorize to, uh, And I know what I'm saying I mean I When I recite I have uh, Over the years I've built a good Understanding of the vocabulary And the words But it requires much more than that. Tafsir, maybe. Yeah, and um, one day, I, I, inshallah, I, inshallah. When I when I was actually coming in to do this 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 podcast, when I was driving in, I thought, would it be okay to ask to ask Zuhair to recite maybe a verse? So, and I thought, you know what, we we've got you here all the way from New York. I might as well. So, if I had to ask you to recite only, you can pick a surah or you can pick a verse. I mean, I don't know, maybe a verse that, that means something to you or a verse that, you know, um, you've recited or memorized. If you can if you can bless us with your voice. Yes, it's a, a verse from Surah Al-Imran. I'm not sure the verse number, but I'll recite it. A'udhu billahi minash rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim الذين يذكرون الله قياما وقعودا وعلى جنوبهم ويتفكرون ويتفكرون في خلق السماوات والأرض ربنا ما خلقت هذا باطلا سبحانك سبحانك فقنا عذابا صدق الله العلي العظيم. أحسنت brothers here. That was beautiful. Um, a beautiful verse for you to recite as well. So good choice on, on, on the recitation of the verse. Um, I mean, I I've, um, when I was younger, I used to always listen to to the recitation of of, of the Quran and um, especially Tajweed. Sadly, my voice isn't um, as good as yours, so I couldn't. I, I, I as much as I tried, they told me stop reading, uh, um, stick to speaking. But um, the 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 reciters, as you mentioned, Sheikh Abdul Basit, Manshawi, Sheikh Shahat, who who is, is for me is my favorite. Uh, I don't know, maybe because 
the, of of his style. Yeah. He's one of a kind. Uh, and of course, <clears throat> I don't want to f- forget um, someone that I, I actually met as well, um, an Iranian reciter called Jawad Furughi. I don't know if mm, you've heard yeah. of him. Uh, he was young when he started, yeah. and he used to copy the the style of uh, Sheikh Abdul Basit. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, I, I do want to generalize when I spoke about uh, the recitation of the Quran and the importance of the Quran. I'm sure you know in Iran. There's a lot of importance given to the yes. Quran. A lot of the competitions that happen. Have you been to? You mentioned you've been to the one of the competitions in yeah. Iran. Was yes. that just to attend? Uh, Iran to uh, compete in, in Iran and okay, uh, in Malaysia as well. Oh, bo- both countries you went to compete. Yes. Mashallah. And how did how how was that feeling of actually being able to compete in such a competition where you've got reciters from all around the world? Yeah, when I went to Iran, I knew I wasn't prepared. I knew okay. it just came out of nowhere. It was maybe two, few weeks before the competition was, and I always followed it from a young age, because my, the, the the Egyptian mentor that I had, he had actually comp- competed and became second, long time, nineteen nineties. So I always knew the, of the competition, and one day, you know, I had the opportunity came, and three weeks before, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go, even though I knew I wasn't prepared, and I even had a feeling, oh, I'm gonna make it, but. It 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 showed me the world beyond. You know, when you're in New York, you know, in your own community. You don't get to see what's out there, and I went to the competition. You see, I meet all these reciters, um, all these teachers, and it's for for two weeks. You're riding the bus, we're saying Quran in the hotel, Quran, lobby Quran with each other. It's just a, a new, unique experience. Um, even uh, same goes for Malaysia. In Iran, I ended up become friends with the first place winner, and I kept in touch with him. Um, it was in 2013, and even Three years ago, I went to his home city in Urumia, in which is northwestern Iran, and spent nine days with him. And we, uh, he was a, a instructor at the Cultural Quran Institute in his city, and we'd go back and forth, and he'd teach me new things. And you know, I wouldn't have never had that opportunity had I had not kept in contact. And it's just a unique experience where this Quran being recited everywhere, and you meet all these different people, and give it gave it gave me a sense of hope that you know. One day I could do I could do this. Of course, those who end up be ranking first, second, these people literally recite Quran for a living, yep. and it's hard to keep up with that. When you know in the West, yeah. you go work nine to five, come home, but you try your best. And so, Alhamdulillah. If someone, you know, I'm sorry I've asked you a lot of questions about oh, this because I also want to move to your to your Baqiya project. But if you know someone's sitting at home listening to this and. Um, he wanted to start maybe reciting Quran, or he's he feels that he's got a good voice, or maybe he's not getting the opportunity. What advice would you give them for them maybe to to you know before before giving up on recitation? Opportunity in the community, yeah, or opportunity to even to to become a reciter maybe one day. He needs to or she needs to first do taqlid, whatever recitation they're fond of. Usually, someone finds the they're fond of, imitate them, imitate the reciter how. They're reciting and try to match it to the second. This is the best way to, once they, you know, they, they think they have it, you know, if they're not getting, unfortunately, if they're not getting the opportunity in the community, you know, use social media as an outlet. Okay, interesting. You know, that, as in um, to recite and, you know, and, uh, people 99% of the time, you know, when they hear recitation of the Quran, they love it. They want, they want to hear more of it and, Use that's the uh, uh, when the opportunity doesn't come from the community, you find your own way to 
um, broadcast yourself to the world and give back. Speaking of social media, I came across uh, <coughs> yourself uh, on social media when it was uh, when I came across this model because uh, you're also an architect, correct? Um, uh, so I came across this model of the Baqia uh, cemetery, um, the rebuilding of the Baqia cemetery. Uh, with domes uh, and the mosque and a mausoleum and the shrine and I thought wow this is amazing you know I wish that I can live to see that day where we've got a dome and a, and a, and a, and a mausoleum a shrine a mosque built uh, where the imams of the Jannatul Baqi are buried and that's how I came across yourself um Let's talk before before we we talk about that. Uh, uh, was it your interest to always become an architect? When you were, you know, I loved drawing at a young age. Um, I also wanted to become a pilot, a plane, air, commercial airline designer, uh, filmmaking, and I decided with architecture because mm-hmm. I saw uh, after consulting people and. It was the one thing that lasts, you know, you design something, you build something, it could last decades, even centuries, and mm-hmm. that's the... Um, so the Qajaria. Yes. So so when did the whole uh, design for the Baqiyah start, and what was the inspiration behind that? Um, I can't remember how it came to me. I always wanted to give back, you know, I, I, from young, I loved drawing, you know, calligraphy, things related to religion. And I remember when the new darih of Muhsin was unveiled and I made a dua with myself, like I want to do something and give back, you know, we the way I see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us for a purpose and everyone has a purpose in this life and I saw creativity and designing as my one outlet and I want to do something to benefit the Ahlul Bayt and I even had a chance to meet the designer because he lives in the... Um, in the U.S. and the it was my dissertation for architecture school and right before the semester started, I went to ziyara, my first ziyara of Iraq uh, in Karbala Najaf and I, I I I prayed that I get the opportunity because I had to convince the professors that it's a feasible idea and it was summer 2015 when I started and I spent a week trying to convince my uh, professor for my dissertation and I got the green light and I started from there how long did it take you the, the whole design uh, <coughs> approximately because you actually built the design and is it a graphical design as well or is it just no so I spent four months uh, researching okay. uh, Shi'i architecture the site of Baqi the history and everything so from September till December, and then January till May was all purely design, okay. and um, so I, it was all um, you know models, concept models to see how this thing looks in three D and real life. And then once the final design was uh, visualized, I built a, a wooden model of the entire uh, project. And I recently saw, I believe, on one of the websites. So I think you shared it as well. You took the model to Iraq. When was that? I so, he, um, 
there's a center in Najaf uh, that does work for Imam Hassan السلام, under parent of uh, the shrine of Imam Hussein and they wanted a model in their uh, merkaz so I built the entire model in New York I I had to actually do more than I had done for my thesis for my dissertation because they also wanted Mashinabui in a whole scale so I spent a few weeks designing the pieces I cut them in New York and I flew them in boxes to Najaf and then Najaf I put it together right on uh, and was ready right on the birth anniversary of Imam Hassan this past Shah Ramadan okay past Shah Ramadan yeah, yeah. and um, and it was inaugurated by um, um, I forgot the name of the um, Sayyid Ala Musa the, the Shia endowment uh, yeah he came General. and it was uh, the first unveiling of the model in the in 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 the Middle East world, in, in the West, you know, there had been I had given a few presentations in the communities, but it was the first time the Middle East had a chance to see, and there was uh, a press conference with different channels took photos of it, and it blew up from there. And obviously, the model's still there. Yes. I'm sure you've got uh, a lot of positive feedback with with this model, uh, because as I mentioned, you know. When I first saw it, I I I I I, I made a dua that, you know, inshallah, I I'm alive to see the day where we can you know rebuild the the baqir. Um because you know when you go there, whether it's <clears throat> during Hajj or Umrah, whenever you go to Medina, and you visit Jannatul Baqir, um, you you know it's known as Jannah, the the Garden of of, of Baqir. But as soon as you you enter the Baqir, even though. There's, of course, I always mention this. Whichever ziyara you go to, you have a different feeling. You know, every every shrine or every holy city that you go to, even you know Mecca would have a different feeling to when you go to 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 Medina. Medina a different feeling to Karbala. You know, each each city you get a different feeling. And with Baqir, even though I feel that it's for me the closest you feel to the imams because you literally know that he's underneath that dust. Because there's only you know a stone and, and there's you know there's no shrine mausoleum you feel a sense of oppression against the imams alayhim salam the four imams buried in Jannah al baqir so I'm sure you got a lot of positive feedback because it was shared a lot on Twitter on Facebook um, on other websites I know because it was also you did something for within the Ummah convention for for baqir <clears throat> so you must have got a lot of Positive feedback. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about. Did you get any negative feedback? Yes. And um, what what kind of negative feedback um, did you get? A few days after, I think after I came back from Iraq, after it was Shah Ramadan after Eid, when the photos start surfacing uh, on Twitter, the people who were not happy to see such a Muslim go up. In, in numbers came after me on Twitter <coughs> and these were verified accounts from God knows where mm-hmm. and they were insulting me wow. cursing me and we'll never let this happen and things of this nature and it was all am- amusing to me to be honest I just laughed at them and they're all, all they're all in Arabic and the funny thing is they shared photos the official f- press photos and I even though I also shared it it wasn't connected to me until someone found my account and the link does it. Hey, it's, it's, it's this, this guy. guy. <laughs> and I was. We found him. <laughs> and it's like, it, it was, and it's all in Arabic, so I had to translate, you know, to see what this is saying. And it was, it was really funny. And um, and then some other people in English were writing, you know, how this is not allowed. And I'm like, this concept has 
the, the whole idea of building mausoleums over graves has been thoroughly researched and is and enough discussed and yeah, enough and lectures and books on y- it. Exactly. And I'm not going to sit here and you know tell you this and this like even in the you'll know, forget Ja'far forget Shia just in the in the in the Sunni world you know you have so many examples in Al Qahira in Cairo in Baghdad uh, uh, Abu Hanifa's grave there's so many mm. examples so I was like you know what it's not I I just laughed at them it was a form of amusement for me. And um, but yes, there was definitely negative feedback. Did you um, did any construction company or I don't know any Shia authority or organization actually come and say you know we want to actually buy this design or we want to actually implement this design one day? What's the process of you know actually implementing it or how long it would take? Because obviously, it's 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 a nice model to look at and to see, uh, and it's a nice. Prayer to make that inshallah one day we'll be able to rebuild it But have you studied like for example If for example tomorrow they tell you Zuhair Husseini we're going to build We're going to start building the Baqiyah We want your design We're starting tomorrow How Give us a time frame Give us you know have you have you worked worked Because obviously I'm sure because you've done it for your thesis you, you've done, Have you done any calculation on how long it would take What's the manpower Um as far as organization, there's an organization in the U.S. called Baqi Organization that does <coughs> propagation of Baqi, and they've uh, endorsed it. Um, there's, an, there's, I think, two or three organization organizations in Iran that do propagation of Baqi work, and they've uh, wanted to more. And I've shared material with them. But as far as cost, I mean, it all depends on so many things. You know, what kind of marble do you use? Do we go as extravagant? Do you not? Because the other thing, you know, the, and I mean, I published a, a chapter in. Uh, a book uh, by Sheikh Mohammed Hilli, Baqi, past, yeah, present, future. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a but chapter on that. There's so much more from an architectural design standpoint that you know, how do you build this new complex that does not become something of larger relevance than Masjid Nabi, which is right across it? So there's little sensitivities between designing something that doesn't overtake Medina. Of course. So. You know, cost and manpower depends. You know, who contracts to build this thing, and if they want this thing, if construction goes on twenty four seven, this thing could get built relatively soon. Or you know, this and realistically, yeah, you know, it's at the current time it's not possible. But I think when you dream and you have a vision of something, maybe fifty years from now it's possible. But um, I think I think the fact that. You know, we're always saying, you know, as you mentioned, the the Baqir organization that that's in America, and of course we've got the the, the day, the, the international day for Baqir, which is the eighth of Shawwal, I believe. Um, you know, and you know whether we go out and protest or whether we write articles, whatever we do, we're always speaking about Baqir. But you know, as in as in life, when you want something done, you've got to take the right steps to reach. The final destination, or, or whatever your your aim is, and obviously, if we're saying we want to rebuild Baqiyah, then there should be a design for it on yeah. how how it looks. So that's why I think it was it was something inspiring to see the fact that someone's actually done the design for it. So we're we're one step closer, you yeah. can say, to the actual uh, destination that we want to reach, which is the 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 the, the rebuilding of of Baqiyah. <coughs> Speaking of Negative and uh, rebuilding Baqi. Have you actually been to, to Hajj or Umrah yet? I have not. Inshallah one day. 
So that's is your is your name maybe okay to go to Hajj and Umrah? I don't know, but I think I'll be fine. I o- almost wanted to go to Umrah alone, and I decided not to go because okay. I thought it's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So if I go, I have to go to a group. But um, inshallah, yeah, I almost went the, during the. Um, um, when I was working on the dissertation That I had a three week break And I wanted to go to see the actual site in person mm-hmm. But it didn't work out But um, Yeah The actual design that you did for your thesis Is it still uh, intact? Is it still or, uh, Yeah, I, I got a, gla- a case, glass case over it And it's sitting in, in my house So the, the actual model you mean Yeah, yeah, the actual model Yeah, so it's still intact I, I, I want to eventually publish a book that Talks about the entire architectural process, and as a sort of becomes a source of inspiration for others, for other kids who are maybe want to go to architecture or see as a form. Because when I did this project, it was for school, and I was in love with it because it was something meaningful, and I was literally working on it twenty four seven. And you know, I I want to document because I have sketches and models and pictures of things you know from every week. You know, there's a Progress I made and things of this nature until it, it became to the to the final uh, model. Alhamdulillah, so. Alhamdulillah. I think <clears throat> I think as I mentioned that everyone that that saw it were inspired. It was something that um, is there something that people can uh, like a, a website or if someone wants to actually see the design or a video of the design. Is there other than your Facebook or your Twitter? By the end of the year, inshallah, my website will be ready. Okay, alhamdulillah. I, I, I had launched it when I had originally done the project, but then kind of... Have you got a domain name for the what's the website or not yet? I do, but it's nothing on there yet. Okay. Yeah. So, Inshallah, by when? By end of the year. Oh, so another month. Yeah, another month. Yeah, it's so almost what, there. What's what's the website so Zuh- people can check it out? It'll be on my own profile. So zuhairh.com. Alhamdulillah. Inshallah, we'll 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 look out for that. Inshallah. Uh, because um, as I mentioned, when I first saw it, I was inspired and I made the the the, the dua. So inshallah, inshallah, people can also uh, make the dua that they can one day be. Uh, if not participating in the rebuilding of the of the of the baqiyah, then they'll be able to visit the, the the actual site. I'd like to thank you for for giving us time. I know your your, your trip is very short to 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 London. I would have uh, loved to, as I mentioned to you when you were first coming, uh, I would have loved for you to be here on a, on a Thursday night because we would have heard your beautiful voice of of dark Kumail and even Quran. Uh, so inshallah, we'll plan for that the next time. Inshallah. The next time you're here. Uh, may Allah bless you and your family Thank you so much uh, And may you continue to inspire us um, With your beautiful recitation Thank you so much uh, your, your work with, with regards to the rebuilding of the Baqiyah um, Just a final question Before 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 I let you go And it's just come to my mind it's <clears throat> you mentioned, you know, the the the, the actual shrine Dariyah of Imam Al Hussein being repla- repla- uh, replaced recently. Um, have you been involved in any construction or, or architectural work with the shrines, whether it's Najaf or Karbala or, or Mashhad, in in any way, or are, are you planning to? No, because there's a lot of designs happen. There's a lot of work construction. Yeah. Anyone that's visited, even yourself, you were there. So anyone that's visited will notice there's a lot of construction happening in Karbala and Najaf. 
uh, any involvement that you've had the opportunity myself no uh it seems like they know it they have it all under control from a design standpoint construction can be better from just what i see from just mm-hmm. you know daily i mean when i was in iraq but you know i i look forward to the extension of the muslim of najaf that looks to be an amazing project yeah. but um there's so many different factions and groups that are managing the projects and yeah it's too many people it's involved <laughs> too many maybe cooks in the kitchen so i'm not sure how i would even yeah 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 if there's too many chefs then you don't know what the food is coming <laughs> yeah. out i'm gonna taste like well thank so, you for coming again brother thank you so much for having me. and inshallah we'll hear from you very soon thank inshallah, you thank you so much